Riff Raff Revolution, Riff Raff Revolution, Riff Raff Revolution, Riff Raff uh, This is dumb. I don't like this. This is Riff Raff Revolution, a podcast about real stories, about real comedians in real life. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, my name is Perry. I am a theater teacher, director, performer, writer. In that order? Um, some days. <laughs> and I'm Laura. I'm also a comedy writer and performer here in Chicago. And today we're talking to Angel Garcia. Welcome. 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 Hi, it's really nice to be here right now. Um, big fan, big fan. Uh, I, am, I okay. Uh, to anybody listening, I am in fact a fan of this podcast. Yes. yes. And when I told them that, they did backflips. Like literally, <laughs> we have a fan. Right. At least two fans. One least, is my mom. <laughs> yeah, we meet once a week. We call it book club. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast club. Podcast club. That should be a thing, right? It's the pod club, bro. I think that's <laughs> There's called... something called podcast brunch. Oh, yeah. That's a that sounds lovely. So is it just like why people are like, did you watch cereal? Oh my god. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now um, I get that you were talking about a podcast called Cereal, and I thought you were just saying I don't like cereal. What? No, I general. love cereal. <laughs> the breakfast food. Oh, man. You thought, uh, oh, that explains a lot because you look so bummed out when I, was, I said that. I wanted to ask clarifying like, questions, what? but I was saving it for the podcast. It'd been weird <laughs> if I was like, yeah, I just don't like sad stories when people die. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> How dare you? Right. Anyway, so let's get to the questions. Okay. <laughs> the real questions. Um, so, yes. How, tell us how you got started in comedy or stand-up or both. Uh, very carefully. Very right. carefully? Um, so growing up, I was like a weirdo kid, I guess, for lack of a better term. I was like overly sensitive, still am, honestly. And there's three things in my life that I really enjoyed. Uh, pizza, uh, pro wrestling, and stand-up comedy. These are like the, these are like the facets of my life. Still is, and, uh, <laughs> in many ways. And, you know, um, I know, I was just like super outgoing and stuff, and, was a class clown. I tried singing and playing guitar for a while. That didn't end well. <laughs> um, but uh, the way it really started, so I went, there's a there's a local Chicago wrestler named Cole Cabana, and he holds comedy shows where he does commentary on bad wrestling. Um, he's really nice. Uh, we've hung out. He's cool. <laughs> and um, he was, you know, when I was in college, he came down to the Dallas Denton area. It was at the Dallas Comedy House. I was going to school at University of North Texas at the time. And he um, he did a show. And I saw the show. I was front row. And I just remember going, I want to be those dudes next to him. <laughs> yeah, because, like, my obsession with stand-up was, like, ridiculous. Like, most kids can't wait till like, the next episode of, like, an anime or a cartoon show. Or, like, even, like, things like Jersey Shore. Meanwhile, I was a 12-year-old, like, oh, premium blends on. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, I was that weirdo. Like, Comedy Central Presents, who's this guy? And, like, I'd get excited, like, for stand-up. I've, I've always liked it, you know, 
for like most Mexican kids, the the guy who got me into it was like George Lopez, mm-hmm. right? He was my dude for a while. Uh, and then you just start finding out about more and more comics. And like what I thought was cool was like everybody was funny differently, right? Like, because like I used to watch, you know, George Lopez's specials were like, this is my life as a Latino, uh, you know, and my family and he would say ridiculous things. And like I could relate to it because my family says ridiculous things. <laughs> and then what's funny is like there was a really popular show in Spanish called Humores Comediantes and that was also a stand-up show and that sense of humor is really different and like and just I don't know I can go all day about like all the weird stand-up I used to watch (laughs) but you know what I thought was cool is like hey you know that white dude is like super funny and makes a lot of money and this brown dude is also super funny and makes a lot of money like it was almost like equal billing of course as an adult i know that is not true <laughs> but you know as a kid it's like kind of like hey you can do this too kind of thing right like the representation matters a lot in that sense and um so like that was always in the back of my head like oh that'd be so cool like like most kids when they listen to a song or i say most kids i'm generalizing it's probably just me <laughs> But, like, a lot of people will do this thing where, like, if they're listening to a song, like, the immediate, like, daydream in their head is, like, them on stage singing the song. Maybe that's just me. Probably just me. <laughs> so, and so they're doing this thing. But I always imagined me doing stand-up. Like, I used to have, like, um, I had a CD player. And I used to have songs on it. But it wasn't like my let's jam out songs. It would be like, these are the songs I would come out to as a comedian. <laughs> because George Lopez always came out to Lowrider. Oh. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> because I also love pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And pro wrestling is all about like the entrance and the character. So for me, you know, watching The Rock and Stone Cold and then later on like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, they all had these like really iconic wrestling themes. And they would come out to it like the moment you heard Glass Break. Or the moment when you heard, Viva la Raza, you'd be like, oh my God, the wrestler's coming out, right? <laughs> and so then, you know, being that kid who's like trained to like react to that, then you hear, and I was like, it's George Lopez. It's about <laughs> to go down. Like, I love that feeling of like anticipation and like getting So what there. was your theme song going to be? I've gone through a lot of them. <laughs> What's your current one? My uh, okay, okay, this is embarrassing. I legit <laughs> on my Spotify. There's a playlist called Walk, yeah, which is a list of songs <laughs> that I would come out to. My go-to right now is um, I have I have three. One is Seven Years by Seosin, which is like the most emo song in the world. Uh, Ready to Start by Arcade Fire because it just starts like, and then um, what else? Let's see. I'm gonna pull it up. Just when so you can, come on Get School, let me know which one you want I, to come out I to, will, and I, I will, will play it. I will, I will, and then, <laughs> play um, all three. Oh, yeah. Walk up three oh, times. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then when there's a song, uh, when I'm like on a show for Latinx or Latinx people, I always come out to like the same Mexican song, which is Maravillas de la Vida, which is like this really throwback 70s, 80s song <laughs> that's like, it starts with like heavy accordion. Like it's my Love favorite. It. Yeah. So like that's... <laughs> But yeah, and so like, uh, so like that was always in the back of my head. And so then That's I see cool. Cole Cabana on a show, and you know I'm like, I want to be those dudes, right? And I was like, oh, I should, uh, let's see if I can have the nerve, right? And then I go to an open mic. Um, I start, I'm from Houston, Texas originally, but I went to school in Denton, Texas, which is about an hour, 
north of Dallas. And Denton, Texas has a really great comedy scene. Um, I like to think that I helped, <laughs> but like I was more like I was there. Like, um, but there, um, I went to an open mic. There's a lot of really great comedians, and some not so great comedians. <laughs> and I thought, I like it sounds cocky, but I literally thought like I'm funnier than that guy. And then I went for it. And so you were still in high school? No, this is college. This is all college. And then, um, like, it was my first year of college, and it was not great. I did not like it. I, I went through, like, a lot of, you know, as most college kids do, you go through, like, a lot of changes. You kind of figure out, like, who you are as a person. And I kind of figured out, like, oh, I never liked school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was really good at it. Like, like, I got a full ride to school, but I didn't mm-hmm. like it. And because of that, like, I felt like an outsider, which happens to a lot of people of color when they go to school, and it's a whole thing. And I ended up flunking out. And I had worked so hard to, like, raise money to, like, go back to school. But then I was like, this is dumb. Like, that was a really rough part of my life. Like, I was homeless for three months. Like, living it on my car. I think my mom's going to listen to this and be like, you what? Oh, no. Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, like, homeless for three months. Like, it was a really rough time, but the thing that got me through it was, like, stand-up. Like, I started doing stand-up that next week, and, like, I killed out of these stupid jokes I wrote in my notebook, two of which I still do to this day. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this was great. I'm just like, it's like chasing a high, mm-hmm. right? Like, once, once you catch that first one, try to get back to it every time. You never will, but, like, it's that constant chase. So then, yeah, that's that's how I started, I guess, in stand-up. And what's crazy now is just, like, the way my life has unfolded, you know, in Chicago and stuff. It's just, like, I get to live, like, all these facets of my life that I always wanted to do that I never thought I'd get to do. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of, like, soul-searching and figuring out what you want to do with your life and stuff. Because, you know, in in college is when I figured out like, Oh, I suffer from depression, like bad, like it's really bad. And like, I take medication for it and the whole mind now things are better. I go to a therapist. Um, but like, I figured out like, Oh, I'm like super depressed all the time. (laughs) And so like, it was a lot of figuring out like, okay, what do I do with this? Like, so I think stand up and just comedy is a big part of my life because my plan getting out of high school is like going to get this degree gonna be a teacher gonna teach the youth of america <laughs> i was gonna join teach for america <laughs> like gonna i'm gonna I'm I'm a teach in the hood because that's where i'm from and maybe i can expire a kid and i was like on the debate team like i was a really good debater like i coached a team to state in texas like Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and um and i thought oh this will be my path and then, like, being in school, I was like, oh, this is the worst. I hate this. <laughs> and then I kind of figured out, like, I'm just going to tell jokes. And this is what I want to do. And, like, you know, you got to just have them. Into- there's there's a certain delusion comedians have that I think is absolutely necessary to succeed. And the delusion is I'm funny and I'm <laughs> going to make it no matter what. So I, I never yeah. say it's like if I make it, it's like when I make it. And by, mind you, making it is different levels and it can be whatever you want. But, you know, if you would have told me, if you would have told 17-year-old Angel about to go to college, hey, man, you're going to be a comedian living in Chicago, like, living multiple, like, dreams you've always had. Mm -hmm. 
17-year-old and just like, that's stupid and a waste of time. <laughs> and now, like, I've, you know, I still suffer from depression and stuff, but this is the happiest I've ever been. It's also the brokest I've ever been. <laughs> and you're like, Angel, you're homeless. Still the brokest I've ever been. <laughs> so. Now, you yeah. mentioned before that you have the three facets of your life that you wouldn't believe that you would be doing all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit what? Right, so um, so pro wrestling's one, mm-hmm. right? I love pro wrestling. Chicago is the greatest pro wrestling town. Really? Yeah, that's something I think a lot of Chicagoans don't know. Like, it's, yeah. it's a huge city for wrestling. There's like five different companies running in Chicago at any one time. I huh. didn't know this. I there's didn't a, know anything like about that. There's two shows this weekend. Wow. Yeah, huh. there's another one next weekend. Like, it's... <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> dude, honestly... I could probably get you comps and like, let's go. We can wear our capes. <gasps> you can wear your capes. And our eye patches. <laughs> there you go. No, but like, you know, it's a great, like, um, let's put it this way. There, there's a company out of Chicago called One Hour Tees. They make t-shirts. and. Oh, I've right? seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a store next to their store called Pro Wrestling Tees. It opened last year. They're actually having their anniversary sale 20% off. <laughs> I don't know why I'm plugging them. <laughs> uh, I just, I love them so much because WWE being this juggernaut has like this chokehold on wrestling for a while. And they were like, hey, you know, so-and-so in Saskatoon, Canada can't buy his favorite wrestler shirt. Now he can. <laughs> and and but like it seems silly, but they've made a stupid amount of money. They have a deal with Hot Topic. A lot of these shirts are now in Hot. Yeah, like really? it's, it's like the largest independent pro wrestling event happened a month and a half ago in Chicago. Wow! And which gets into the facet of my life that I like so much. <laughs> and I'm lucky enough to work for a website in wrestling, so I get to run around and like interview wrestlers. And, like, live in that life. And I write for them. And I, like, I I work in wrestling now. <laughs> and that, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Wow. <laughs> like, the fact cool. that, like, every once in a while I get a message, like, hey, we need you to interview so-and-so. And I'll be like, yeah, no problem. And internally I'm like, yes, this is <laughs> the greatest day of my life. Because I've just had, like, so many, I've been blessed to have, like, a lot of opportunities and, like, a lot of wrestlers that I look up to and like, you know, being able to speak Spanish, I get to speak to a lot of the luchadors that I follow because my first love is Lucha Libre because I'm Mexican and it's like part of your Mexican citizenship test. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so that that's one big aspect of my life that I get to enjoy often. And, it, and funny enough, it's because of wrestling that I managed to make friends and connections in comedy. Hmm. And yeah, so I would like the world to wrestling. It kept me sane. For most of my life because I you know I grew up I didn't grow up in an abusive home by any means but we were broke all the time we didn't have a lot of money and we couldn't afford much but you know we could steal cable and we could <laughs> watch you know shitty Lucha Libre on TV and like that kept me sane and so like you know the fact that that does a lot for me now is pretty cool uh, how are the worlds of comedy and wrestling how do they overlap yeah how do they not overlap are you <laughs> kidding me some of the funniest bits in the world are done in a wrestling ring some of the most viral things in the world are done in the wrestling ring. But, like, well, like the story I was saying before, right? Like, the reason I started getting into it is because a wrestler showed up. He does a comedy mm-hmm. show. His name's Cole Cabana. And I said, I want to be the dudes next to him. And that's how I started doing stand-up. Huh. Like, th- there's comedy shows that happen all the time. Um, there's a bunch of podcasts out there that do, you know, comedy wrestling podcasts. Like, <laughs> like some of, like, your favorite actors and comedians love wrestling. John Mayer was in the known. front row of the wrestling event I just talked about. What? 
It was called Lol Lin. It was amazing. Oh, so it's a world was, I have known nothing about. The reason about. it was so big is because the only people that can sell out a ten thousand seat arena in the U.S. is WWE. Mm. Three dudes, not a wrestling company, three guys put their own money in and they sold out with eleven thousand and something seats. And there was a convention with it and the whole nine. Wow. It was amazing. Huh. But anyway, back to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like Ron Funches, super famous, super, super cool dude. I interviewed him. That was really cool. Wow. I did a magic trick for him. He liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Just, you know, comedy intersects a lot. Um, there's comedy shows about it all the time. Um, that's a different podcast altogether, really. <laughs> Just like, how does comedy and wrestling interact? Um, maybe you should add a wrestling component to get schooled. All right. So maybe. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I have a story for you guys on wrestling in a comedy show. Oh, with me involved. Uh, but it was, it was, it was, we'll get into it. But, uh, but, but anyway, um, yeah, but I think the, the person who started that is Colt Cabana. He like put comedy in the forefront of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But like, if you really look back into like the days of the eighties and the nineties and seventies, there's always been like goofy, fun wrestlers that the kids love. Mm-hmm. And you know those kids grew up, and they have like differences of humor, and like sometimes wrestling like buys into that. Like I'll show you clips afterwards of just like this isn't wrestling, like yeah, and it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so yeah, but um, obviously the second facet of the three mm-hmm. things is stand-up comedy, right? Love comedy; it's my favorite thing in the world. Just being that weirdo kid with a weird sense of humor, like um, late-night TV means a lot to me, just because that's where I, like, got a lot of exposure to that stuff, and stand-up comedians, so, like, Conan O'Brien is my main dude, like, I stand mm. Conan O'Brien so hard, <laughs> I love that dude, I have, I own a copy of, like, Conan O'Brien Can't Stop, <laughs> yeah, I have his, I have his Third Man Records live album on vinyl, oh my god, I love that dude, he's the <laughs> best, um, and, like, you know, and, like, it just warmed my heart when he did his special, uh, Conan in Mexico and he had like Sofia Nino de Rivera on it and like I was like oh dude I love this but yeah so and like there's even late night uh, late night TV for Spanish um, speakers like on Univision it was called Otro Royo with Adal Ramones and like the show was whatever quite honestly <laughs> like there was a skit that was sometimes funny but at the beginning of the show he would always be like, get in el monologo, which is like, you guys want the monologue? Because there's always the intro, like, mm. bits, right? But, like, how long does it go in a traditional set, late night? Like, five, six minutes, maybe? Yeah. Like, this was, like, 15 minutes he would do of new material every week. Wow. And, like, the bits were absurd. And they were all in Spanish. And, like, I loved it. We can get into, like, Spanish stand-up all day. But, <laughs> but yeah. And those, and like the third one being magic. Um, I just, I don't know why I think this is video. I just put, um, I just put a deck of cards on the table. Um, no, um, I've always been fascinated with magic as a kid. I always thought it was cool. I was exposed to it just like everybody else. Penn and Teller, um, David Blaine, uh, Amazing Jonathan. You want to talk about how that inter crosses again? Like comedy <laughs> and magic go hand in hand. I mean, think of it like Penn and Teller bits. The Amazing Jonathan's, mm-hmm. I think he's performing somewhere around here soon. He's like, he has a Comedy Central special of hmm. him doing magic tricks and like these stupid bits he does. <laughs> and like, that's how I got exposed to him because I was watching Comedy Central Presents and then they're like, coming up, The Amazing Jonathan. I was like, 
who's this? And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Do you incorporate <laughs> magic in your stand-up? Sometimes. Okay, so I've done this twice now, where if I'm bombing, <laughs> I go, anybody want to see a magic trick? <laughs> and like most of the time, they're like, what? But there's always one person that's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, sweet, you're my volunteer. And then I'll do a magic trick. And then like I bring the crowd back. Like I've done it twice now. Like I've, I've, I've been asked to be on a variety show or something. And I'll be like, can I do, can I do, can I do magic? Because <laughs> what happens a lot is, um, so, and this will tie back into this. The reason I started doing magic really, because I always liked it and stuff. But uh, I'm over two years sober of alcohol. Um, it sucks. <laughs> um, when I first moved to Chicago, it was, I didn't know anybody and it was like really hard to stay sober and like just not drink. And like, I'm a young dude, like I'm, I'm 24 years old and somebody, and like I get this question and I'm like, how do you know you need to be sober? And I'll be honest with you, like, I don't think I do know, but I know that right now that's working for me. This, and that I don't need alcohol to like make myself feel better right now. Because I know that the person I was drinking was not the best person in the world. Uh, but regardless, so I needed something to do at bars. <laughs> All the mics are at bars. People meet at bars. Mm. And it was really weird being the guy at a bar who didn't drink. It was the worst. I'd much rather be the weirdo magician at the bar <laughs> than the weird sober guy at the bar. Because people ju judge the sober person all the time. And it still happens to me now. Like, they're like, oh, you don't drink? Like, no, I, I don't. What yeah. are you, like, straight edge? I'm like, yeah, technically. But it's like, because they always, like, it's like there's a malfunction with you. They're like, oh, why don't you drink? I'm like, oh, it's just, it's not for me. And then they eventually, I'm like, I'm sober, dude. Like, I don't, it's a problem. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> you asked. You asked. Yeah. But, but now that I have magic, I, instead of dealing with that, I, you know, what's happened a lot is, like, I'll beat a bar after a show. There's a bunch of comedians around me. They're all drinking. So, Angel, do you want something? I'm like, no, I don't drink, man. They're like, oh, cool, cool, right? And they're like, oh, that's weird. And everybody starts getting drunk and stuff, and I'm just kind of there like, ah. Like, like I said this at a, I said, I say this joke at a set, like, because I don't drink, I'm like the kid at the uh, sleepover. While everybody's like trying to pull pranks, I'm like the kid who's like, hey guys, we should really be asleep right now. <laughs> like we should, we shouldn't be here. Like those markers aren't washable. Like, <laughs> like I'm that kid, right? Like if this was Captain Planet, I would be Heart. Like it's just useless, just a useless power. <laughs> he was also brown, so I can say that. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, um, magic's the bomb. It lets me do something at a bar. I like it a lot. I've done tricks at variety shows. People like them. I think they're lying to me. But they, like <laughs> them. But they say they like them, so I'll take it. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, I do magic too. And I'm blessed to be able to do magic, incorporate that sometimes to stand up. And my my favorite thing in the world is um, I do have a, like a video of me doing magic. It's pinned to my Twitter. We'll get into that later. Uh, and it's me doing magic wrestlers oh. and i'm like doing bits with them too so it's like all worlds colliding all worlds into colliding. one absolutely so yeah those are the three facets was that a long enough answer for your one question <laughs> i love it i mean that sums up just like who you are a little bit right it sounds like you should run a show a wrestling show <laughs> but like host it doing comedy and magic 
Maybe. Okay, is that so, your destiny? Well, okay. So, or at least a podcast. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, okay, so you guys want to hear this? Back home in Denton, I was doing comedy for two years there. Um, you know, getting better, working clubs in Dallas and the whole mine. And I used to run shows in my apartment. It was a two-bedroom apartment. It wasn't too big, but I would, like, do the whole thing. Like, we had a large screen TV. I bought, like, a bunch of shitty sheets. I blacked out the place to make it look like a blackout, oh, like nice. a black box. We used the TV as, like, a wrestling tron. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, like, everyone had entrance videos and entrance music. Wow. Yeah, it was, like, a That's whole... Involved. It was a whole production. I, like, I bought drinks and I sold them like that. I mean, I sold cups. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I sold cups. That's what I sold. I we didn't. can edit that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll bleep it. No, but like, you know, it was like a, pro- like, it was, what I, what was funny is like, comedians will come in and they're like, whoa, this is like professional. I'm like, yeah, dude, what did you fucking think this was going to be? <laughs> We're going to like, do jokes for your friends? I was like, I mean, kind of, but like, because I would like rent, like, it costs money. Like, I, instead of paying for a venue, I paid for chairs. I paid for drinks. I paid for... I would always feed the comedians. Mm. I couldn't always pay them, but I could always... There would always be, like, a local pizza joint pizza there. There'd be drinks. I'd have alcohol with the, for them. This is when I drink. I'd have alcohol ready for them, like, the whole night. And we had, like, these nicely paced shows. It was called Comedy Gorilla because we did them anywhere we could. Nice. <laughs> we did them at a taco shop. We did it in the backyard of a restaurant. We did it in an apartment. Like, just anywhere, really. That's awesome. Yeah, and, like, it was a whole production. Like, I, you should see my, like, message threads on Messenger of just, like, hey, guys, I need this fucking entrance music. <laughs> like, let's go. And you know what? I know I can curse because I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck yeah. Um, I was, like, literally waiting for you to be like, oh, can I curse? Because nope. literally every single person I know, and I'm does like, that. If you listen to the show, you will know you could curse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's the show I ran, and I ran it for like a little over a year. And then when I moved here, I was like, "Oh, I guess this is the last one." <laughs> so then I had like a big goodbye one, and like that was fun. And then I went to back home for a bit last year as a visit, and I did one more, and then it was really fun. And I'm gonna go back again. I'm gonna try to do one more. Probably not, but what I really want to do is bring Comedy Gorilla like to Chicago, but booking a theater and comics and you have to pay the comics and blah and I'm very poor so people like, will work for free I don't scary. pay I don't uh, pay my comics oh, I, I, I <laughs> know. you don't always get paid <laughs> yeah well like I, I know they'll work for free and like a lot of the comedy gorilla shows they work for free but like just it's the little things to me like hey I can't pay you but like there's pizza mm-hmm. I can't pay you but like here's drink tickets or like something right like and I and I want to get to the point. Like I have a friend of mine, who's like, guys, if you're gonna ask us to be on the show, like try to pay us something. And I was mm-hmm. like, he's right, because working for free sucks sometimes. And so like, because like the amount of times I've like had to pay basically to be on a show because like time doesn't allow it, so I have to pay for the Uber. I'm hungry, mm. so I have to pay for food, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I want to bring it back. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, I'll have something going. But yeah. But yeah, so that's that's a quick little story there. 
I have some leads on some spaces. We'll talk later. Hey, <laughs> let's do it. No, but like it was like really serious. Like there was entrance music. There was That's awesome. like no. Like I'll show you videos here. Like like you'll see the names. I have, there's one for local Chicago comedian Brendan Gay. I made one for him when he did a show. Nice in Denton one day. Like he's the guy who was like, "You should move to Chicago." I was like, "I think I will." <laughs> a month later, I moved to Chicago. This is history. <laughs> did you look him up? I did. I did. We ended up having a show recently together, so it was pretty fun. I that saw was, it. I was, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Ah, uh, oh, man. You say it was good. I think you're lying, but that's fine. I <laughs> really had fun. No, I'm sure I the show was the good. Show. Me. No, she no. messaged me like in real time. Oh, nice. Okay. She's like, God, he's bombing. <laughs> Angel's amazing. <laughs> the, Angel's the shits. Are you sure we want to have him on the show? <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't even remember no. what the question was. I just went into a story. I'm sorry. We uh, like stories. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. We're talking. <laughs> That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess that would be like a short-term goal. I think like bring the show back. Bring that show back. That's bring cool. the show. Well, I say back, but like here. Because yeah. like I had a, like I sold T-shirts. Like that sounds so legit. I have, I have like a bunch of leftover shirts. If you want some, like. I will always take a free t-shirt. Okay. Right if you on. want me to pay for it. There are probably. tons of <laughs> venues. I'm sure you, they would love to give you some time. So. We'll work on it. <laughs> but yeah, that's Sylvie's, enough out of me. Sylvie's bar. <laughs> we'll talk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's go ahead. free. It's free. Oh, right on. Um, go ahead. Anyway, I'm interested to hear mm-hmm. um, how, because you talked a little bit about the Dallas comedy, or wait, Houston, Dallas. Dallas. Dallas comedy scene. <laughs> Um, there's too many places in Texas. Anyway, anyway, the Dallas comedy scene, and I'm wondering if you can tell, like, what's, how does it differ from Chicago? What's it like? Um, I should have been prepared for this question, because you always ask this question <laughs> if somebody's not from here. <laughs> oh, time. man. We're big predictable. Fan, big fan. It's, big not fan. That, it's not so predictable. I just, I have no time. Uh, no, actually, it's, my commute's very long, and I have a lot of podcasts. <laughs> And when I listen to a new one that I like, I just hemorrhage all of it together. <laughs> I'm um, always interested to hear, like, what other cities' yeah. comedy scenes are um, like. The Dallas comedy scene, so obviously I haven't been there in, like, a year. But when I left it, it was popping. It was great. Everybody was, like, super supportive of each other. You had your little clicks just like you would anywhere. But, like, it wasn't like a, oh, don't, don't book those guys. They suck. It was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, those guys are funny. You should have them on your show. Also me. Like... <laughs> But no, like, I think, because my scene was mostly, like, the Denton area scene. And that was, like, a core of, like, 10 to 12, 15 almost guys and gals that, like, worked really hard on that scene to make it what it is now. Like, it's a lot of performing at bars where no one's paying attention. (laughs) It's a lot of, like, getting your friends to come. But, like, slowly but surely, it started building up. They had a comedy festival last year. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, that's how big it got. It's mainly stand-up? It's mainly stand-up. So that's mm. that's the thing. It's all, like, a stand-up scene. There's, like, some alt comedy in there, which is really fun. Uh, Shout-out to my boy Taylor Higginbotham. <laughs> He's the best. Love that guy. Um, what? Would, how would you describe alt comedy? Just, like, real weird bits, like, I think. <laughs> like, he had this bit where he was, like, trying to do stand-up, but, like, he was in a cardboard box. No, no, no. So, like, so, like, somebody would roll the box out. <gasps> And, like, the box was closed and it had a flap in it. And then, like, you just see his arm, like, give me the microphone. Takes the microphone. And then it's, like... Into the box? Into the box. And then it's really quiet. You just hear... You just hear... And then the flap would open. Hey, guys! What's up? He does his entire set in the box. Oh, that's funny. 
and it's like the funniest thing. And then like it's like you know when you're like and you stick an arm out and like you do like the it was amazing. It's That's my awesome. favorite thing in the world. I love that. I love him so much. It was the best. But um but yeah. So um so that scene was like super cool and supportive and like it was not only just comedy but it was also like the music scene there and the rap scene there and stuff. And then um the as far as like the actual Dallas scene goes cuz like obviously what would happen is bunch of us would get in a car and we'd drive to Dallas. We were like in this weird Denton is in the spot where you're the equal distance from Dallas Hyenas which is like the main comedy club there and then the improv in Arlington and then the Hyenas in Fort Worth on the way to Hyenas is the comedy club on the way to Dallas you can hit the Plano Hyenas so there's like four to five clubs there and so like a really dedicated comedian in Chicago will hit how many mics two a night maybe if they're like rich i guess <laughs> um but like my schedule at that time was go to work on a monday we would drive out to okay i think it was fort worth yeah it was no it was to arlington which was like 45 minutes away and then drive back to denton do a late night mic in denton tuesdays drive all the way up to dallas do stay till like 2 a.m. waiting for your spot on the list. Oh my god. Do a set, come back home. Oh, and then if you wanted to, you could go to Fort Worth <laughs> another 45 minutes, do a late night set at a shitty little bar, and then drive home. Whoa. And then on, and then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, there'd be Mike's and Dunn. No, Thursday was the busiest day because Thursdays there'd be a Mike and Dunn. You drive to Dallas, do a mic, then you drive to Fort Worth and do the open mic. After a show, after a free show. And then if you had time, you can go to the open bar where it was usually like, like just acoustic guitar, gutter punks. And then you'd be <laughs> like, hey, so what to do with chicks, man? And like, you would do your set there too. Then Friday and Saturday were like show days. But then Sunday, there'd be the plane open mic for hyenas. And you would drive to that one. Oh my gosh. It was a lot of driving. Because the thing about <laughs> Texas, it's so fucking big. Yeah. You'd have to drive. Like I destroyed my car. Oh man. It died. <laughs> like when it made it to Chicago, I was like, "How are you alive?" Like when it finally <laughs> died a couple months ago, I was like, Aww. "You were good to me, little Yuri." I named him Yuri. <laughs> like, but yeah, Aww. like, like the just memories I had in that car were like so many like good ones of just like, you were my home when I was homeless, and also like you took me everywhere for the Dallas comedy scene. <laughs> but just like every, every it was so spread out, and like you could tell that the people in the scene are dedicated because you would see the same people. Mm. At every mic. And mind you, some of them didn't even have cars. Some would Uber or they'd like pile into Whoa. a carpool. <laughs> and what would happen a lot is like it'd be late at night. You're at a Whataburger. You're at an In-N-Out. Fucking eating late at night. <laughs> like like grinding. Because it wasn't that there was like that many mics. But like the grind to get to each mic. The grind to get to each show was so rough. It was like if I did. Like let's say it's a Monday night, right? Let's say I did... Uh, shaken and stirred mic first then I went to Shuba's or I or I go to best night ever do the best open mic ever then go to Shuba's right and then I come home it's, it's a pretty long night it's about mm. six hours right but I'm like taking buses Ubers nothing it's like five bucks at most right mm -hmm. in Texas it's like I do a mic here 
over there and there in a night. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> that's an that's a whole nother work shift. Mind you, you spend like twenty dollars in gas, not including food. Is this one of the reasons why you moved up here? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it just taught me work ethic and just being smart about what you do in comedy and just like working. Yeah, I miss it a lot, but I know that because I got out of there, because I'm here, that I've become a better comedian by leaps and bounds. Because I noticed that, like, my last six months in Dallas, I was like, I'm doing the same material. I'm, like, getting stagnant. Here, like, I tried to do the same material, and it was like, oh, this isn't funny up here. I should probably do new things. And, like, it just kind of forced me to do new jokes. And, like, now I'm... Hari Kondabulu said this I don't interview, I forget what it was, but like he found it really hard to transition into like the material he does now. Because a lot of his material to begin with is like Indians be like, right? Mm. They love mangoes. Right. I learned that from his Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> but like he had this he said this bit is like the transition was really rough because when you're like you're like, Oh, white people are the devil, but also my mom sounds like this is like not easy. And, like, I went through that my first six months here. Because me, like, trying to write new material, but also be like, Mexicans be like, it's kind of rough. And, like, uh, you were at the show. You kind of saw it, like, me being weird and introspective. And then, like, going back to, like, my mom has a weird accent. Um, <laughs> and I think I'm kind of, like, getting into that material, too. Just, like, branching out from what I'm used to doing. And, like, just getting into, like, weirder shit. So, yeah. That, that, that would be the comparison between those and <laughs> It's a lot so of do grinding. you feel that your style is still in transition? I think so. I think it is in transition. I think it's... Um, I, I, I'll never let go of, like, the racial stuff because it's what I know. It's not what I aspire to be. It's what I am. I am a Mexican-American dude. And... Uh, because and that's of that, your POV, right? That's my POV. Mm -hmm. And like that is literally like I had a lot of weird experiences doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Like during that, like my mom had a terrible accent. My dad has a hick accent. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a joke I do. It's, he legit <laughs> has one, right? Like they live out in the sticks now and like the people they meet, I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> right? Or just like, you know, I was when we moved out to the sticks, I was like the only time I was surrounded by white people like just everybody being white and I was just like oh this is what this is like <laughs> right? because like if you're living in the hood right white people are almost like this abstract concept <laughs> of just like oh there they are in their high ivory tower being the manager of places right <laughs> but then you move somewhere so drastic like on Alaska Texas who's out in who knows what the fuck Texas like it like i feel like that year this is during high school that year i moved out to to the sticks with them before i like came back and i was like the city um, <laughs> um really shaped the person i am now it's where it shaped like a lot of my musical tastes it shaped like what i'm into now it also shaped like my viewpoint of the world because like i had never experienced racism the way i experienced it there because like you, as a person of color, you always deal with microaggressions, like always. Like getting on a train and people are like, oh, who's that guy? And I'm like, all right, I get it. I look like a big Mexican snape because I'm, <laughs> I'm all in black. I wear like this oversized hoodie. Like I get it, right? right? Uh, it's funnier if you're in the room because I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing like all black. I have a beanie on. My nails are black. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I know I look... I know I look strange to begin with. But, you know, that's fine. Um, but, like, there, it was just, like, blatant, like... The first question I was asked by a group of students was, like, is your dad illegal? And I was like, what? It was the first time I'd ever been asked a question like that. I didn't know how to react. I was like, what? What kind of question is that? And they're like, so he is? I'm like, no. It was like, is he? I'm like, I just said no. Like... And then, like, I immediately became, I was like, who, why would you ask that question? That's very rude. Hmm. That's crazy. Just, stuff like that, dude. And then, like, and then I had forbidden fruit, and I never went back. Uh, white girls. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, uh, yeah, and I was like, ah, that's, that's how I'll stick it to them, by sticking them to its daughters. Uh, it was, uh, I was very unwoke then, so I'm sorry. <laughs> No, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I think, I think just my style is evolving into, like, more into, like, because, yes, I'm Mexican-American, yes, I had a very interesting childhood growing up, yes, like, I have all these hilarious stories of, like, my mom not knowing what a word means, about my dad not knowing what a word means, about us reacting to white people shit, like, or, like, just, like, truly, like, Mexican experiences that no one will understand, Right? Other than Mexicans, obviously. <laughs> um, but also, like, I think... I, I know that I'm, like, I'm a weirdo. Like, <laughs> like I'm really into, like, indie punk music. And, like, I really like horror movies. And I'm really into, like, real crime, murder, serial killer stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm into magic. Like, how do you not <laughs> know I'm a fucking weirdo just based on, like, the fact that I like magic, right? <laughs> And so just, and like, I really like certain cartoons and I'm a cinephile. That means you like movies a lot. Don't be gross. And so, um, you know, that kind of, like, I think I have these other things that I can dip into. And I think that like, I also have this unique experience being a person of color looking into that, right? Like, when was the last time you heard of a Mexican magician that's famous? Exactly. I don't know that many famous magicians. To begin with, (laughs) right? But, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, the last, like, super huge, famous Mexican wrestler was Eddie Guerrero, and he died over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, representation matters. And so, like, I'm just trying to be the representation of, like, the weirdo Mexican kids. Because there's a lot of us. I don't know if you knew this. But <laughs> we're fucking everywhere, dude. Like, I saw, I was on the train today. And I saw a dude wearing a Naruto headband. He was, like, clearly a Mexican dude. And, and like, he was, like, a cholo type. And he had the headband on. And I was just like, and I was like, what's up, bro? And he was just like, he did the Naruto thing. And I was like, and I did it back to him. And he was like, hey. <laughs> like, literally, like, that happened. And I was just like, there's a lot of us weirdos out there. And, like, that's cool. <laughs> like, so it's just like, so now I'm doing more material about, like, the things I'm into. And, like, my weird reactions to them. Like, I try to do this bit. The you side of like where I just yell at the TV because Power Rangers is such a weird show. <laughs> I love the Power Rangers, but like it was in it was 1993. No one was speaking into their wrists, <laughs> right? Zordon would call them, right? Like the thing would go off, and then like move to the left slightly and then speak into their watches. <laughs> They'd just be like, "Yeah, Zordon, what's up?" Like you're gonna tell me there was like no hall monitor in the high school that was like, "What the fuck are those kids doing?" <laughs> Why is that group of color-coded multi-ethnic kids <laughs> doing in the corner speaking into their wrists? 
right? It's 2018 now, so like you can do your taxes on your watch. But like, but you know, you know, stupid jokes like that that I'm just experimenting <laughs> with. But yeah, and that's that's yeah. <laughs> so I want to go back to something that you said. Um, you think so? You used to do more stuff about like your Mexican heritage. Yes, um, I still do a lot. I'm just, just make that yeah. clear. I do a lot. <laughs> do you feel like it? It was less well receptive. Is that is that the right thing to say? Or well received. Less received. Well received. Well here or less understood here. Less understood here. Okay. Because Mexican culture and like Tejano culture is really big in Texas mm-hmm. in general. And like here's here's the thing I noticed: Texas isn't the most progressive place in the world. And for whatever reason, people enjoy getting roasted there. Like, my opening joke used to be, like, hello, white America, and then everybody would die laughing. <laughs> I did that once here, and everybody's like, nope. Mm-mm. We're uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh, I'm sure you would have laughed, but, like, you know, it's, it just didn't work. And I would try to do, and, like, sometimes it, if I had a cool room, they were cool with it. Most of the times they weren't, and it was just like, is it the way I'm saying it? And like, what am I doing wrong? Like, this usually kills that kind of stuff. So, mm. and then I just started writing the, excuse me, the weirder material. And then I just kind of figured out like, oh, the evolving of my style is like, let's mix the weird with the cultural stuff. Like my opening, my favorite line that I've ever written is the opening line. It's like, hello, I'm local Mexican sweetbread, Angel Garcia. Nice to meet you. Because <laughs> it's such a like offhanded, like one, I'm weird. Two, I'm Mexican. Three, I'm sweet. I'm a sweetheart. <laughs> and my name is Angel. Let's get into this, right? Like, I think that that says everything about me in, like, a sentence. And, like, it prepares you. Because I'm, so, I like, I have all this theory of, like, how stand-up sh- sets should go. But my thing is, like, your opening joke doesn't have to kill. It just has to get a laugh. Whether it's big or small. Mm. Once you're in, you're in. You're in the door. You're good. Doesn't matter how you get the laugh. I mean, it matters, right? You can't, like, and words, right? Like, you can't do that. But, <laughs> but if you get... If you get a laugh, even if it's a chuckle, you're in the door and you can keep going from there. And like your opening joke means a lot. Like Steve Martin says that a lot. Like I'm upset. He's like, I'm obsessed with like opening bits because like that your introduction. Right. Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen a comic go up and they're like, hey, let's thank the person. And they're they're clearly fumbling. Yeah. Or they're just like, so I was at the elevator the other day. And it's like, that's how you're going to start. You're at the (laughs) fucking elevator. Tell me about yourself, dude. Like, that's what I like about, like, watching comedy specials of, like, like later comedy specials of, like, well-known people. Because they get to be, like, super honest. They're just like, man, it's mm-hmm. great to be here, man. Thanks for all the love and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll, like, subvert it with something crazy. It's like, I make too much goddamn money. And then they'll be like, ah! Like, or, some, <laughs> or something dumb like that, right? Or, or like, my favorite thing is, like, uh, a Mexican comic will just be like, I, I wait. And then it's like, ah. And then people are like, ah, he's still one of us. Like, or something or something weird like that. So, like, for me, like, an opening bit matters a lot. It's, it's a lot of, like, hi, my name is this, and blah. Or, hey. So I always started with a literal introduction to myself. Because I don't know if this is the first time or the last time they'll see me, but they'll remember me, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, hello, I'm local Mexican, co- local Mexican sweetbread, Angel Garcia. Nice to meet you. And I go, a couple things about myself. And then I list it, and they're all bits, of course. But then, like, once I get laughs, I, like, I'm like, all right, you're here with me. Let's get into the really weird shit. (laughs) And it's, like, stuff about race and stuff about my parents. And, like, 
mayonnaise and come to a set. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and like, you know, just stuff like that. So, so tell us some of your, uh, your thoughts about how a stand-up set should be constructed then. Oh, okay. Um, funny. It's probably a big, it's probably has, a big, to be has to be funny. <laughs> well, it just depends. Like it used to be the rule of like laughs per minute, right? Mm-hmm. Like gotta get a laugh every minute, but that's exhausting. Yeah, My hot. favorite stand-ups are like storytellers, like Mike Birbiglia. I love that dude. He's a storyteller. We were just talking about Nanette a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. God. That special was so good. Yeah. And, like, I didn't even, like, necessarily laugh out loud, but I was, like, thoroughly entertained. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. for me, killing isn't always, like, oh! it's, like, people, like, if I see people nodding, they're, like, yes, I fucking, yeah, I know that. I'm, like, I'm in. That's good enough for me. Uh, you know, that works for me. Um. I think I think let's see how should a stand I think a stand up should set should be literally structured to who you are properly. It shouldn't be a gimmick. It shouldn't be a character unless you're doing a character, but it's got to be true to that character. You know what I'm saying? Like it can't mm. be. You should have a joke. Your joke should be should transition well. It, there should be some kind of like connecting thread. I'm a big fan of full circles. Mm. Right. The most satisfying thing ever. Full circle jokes. Love it. My okay. This is going to be a brag. All right, you ready for this? So I, um, I did a set back home in Texas. It was my second set ever. And I was exp- and like my first set went great, but I didn't finish it. Like I just didn't. And then I just practiced it like a maniac in front of my mirror. And it had a full circle story. And I finished it with the full circle. And I got the biggest laugh that I've gotten ever. <laughs> and people loved it. And then I got off stage and like a dude came up and he was like, dude, oh my God, you're amazing. That was incredible. I was like, oh, thanks so much. I was like, oh, what's your name? And he told me his name. He's like, yeah, I'm about to go up, man. I have to follow you. I was like, oh, he's like, how long have you been doing comedy, man? Like for years, you from Dallas. I was like, that was my second set ever. And he was like, fuck. And then he walked away <laughs> and he walked away. And I was like, that is the greatest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. But like that made me fall in love with like full circle endings. So like, that's what I like to do. Mind you, that's not everybody. Because the thing that bothers me about, like, specials is they never end on a big joke. Hmm. Have you ever watched a special that ends in, like, uproarious laughter? Or do you get a, <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. Oh, okay, it's over now. I never really like the end of specials. Because right. it's like, yeah, how do you end it? How do you end there's like this? There's no way to There's end. no really what, like, the only person that I've seen end one on a huge laugh was a callback joke to his earlier special. Mm-hmm. It was Brett Kreischer, Bert Kreischer, mm-hmm. Bert Kreischer. He did a, he has a new Netflix special. It was fine. <laughs> I'm like, I liked it. But at the same time I was like, ah, fucking 14 year old me would be all over this shit. Um, he does a set and he gets a, gets a nice little laugh at the end, but he's very famous for telling a story that starts out. Uh, in college, I got in with the Russian mafia. This is what happened, right? That's how it starts. And it's a great story. Oh, my God, the story. <laughs> it was why I like Burt Kreischer. Like, his jokes are kind of whatever, but, like, the stories he tells and, like, the way he structures them, I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> but, like, the end of his special, like, it's him walking away, and everybody's like, oh, that was fun. And he walks back up. He's like, at 22 years old, I joined the Russian mafia. Here's the story. And everybody lost their shit. And then the special ended. And I was like, What? 
like, I, okay, you got your laugh, but like now I want to hear the story again. <laughs> right? So like that that kind of thing. Huh. Like I don't know. I I'm I'm the wrong person to ask how something should be structured. <laughs> it sounds like you have a yes, you down. Have, you have lots of. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I'm also, but I'm just a fucking guy. Like, <laughs> who cares? I'm not, you know, I'm not like these greats. Like, I'm not your Berbiglias or your Chappelles or your the one pervert. You know, I'm not these guys. I'm not these guys. There's more than one pervert. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which one? The, the one with a show named after him. Uh, Which uh, one? <laughs> there are many. <laughs> Um, the one that was like, ugh, fucking whatever. The we don't po- need to talk the about it. Po- don't give him the. The, don't the, give the point. Him. The point is, I'm not one of these greats. So who am I to say anything? I just have my opinions on like, what makes a good set. Like you should never start out with your strongest joke. You should start out with like a joke that's good, that's solid, that gets you in the door. You should have some kind of format on it. If it's a theme, it's a theme. If it's Stories of my childhood should be stories. Of, if you're going to amalgamate all of them, make sure, you make sure you're doing callbacks if you need to, especially if you're in a rut, mm-hmm. right? Like, I tell this story about this time I role-played, and I always, always, always lose them in the middle. They start like, oh, the story's going for a minute. And then I do a callback, and it brings them right back. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of thing. You have to be, I think... So it sounds like you have, you have to pay attention to the rhythm of the performance. Rhythm, and- you know what? That's what it is. Rhythm is everything. I mean, maybe it's because I'm Mexican. I have natural rhythm. Uh, <laughs> no, rhythm is everything in, in in a set, in a performance, anything, really. There has to be a good rhythm. And the jokes you write matter because you got to be able to move your joke around no matter where. I have, mm-hmm. I have this bit about having tight leather red jeans when I was younger. <laughs> but I was like twice as fat as I am now. So my legs look like four links of chorizo. Like it's <laughs> it's a dumb joke, right? But, like, that joke, I can put it anywhere. I can MacGyver it into just about anything, right? Like, I have a bunch of jokes like that. Like, no, whether it's in the beginning or at the end or if it's a closer or if it's not, these jokes can move around as, like, like different pieces and it'll still work. So you play that by ear during your set? I tend to play it by ear. Wow. Like, literally, like, I'll write down a set... And it'll literally just be the idea. It won't be like, and then this joke. It'll be like, here, I'll show you a... I mean, it's not going to be great for the broadcast. (laughs) But like, literally like a set will be... Like, literally like just a couple words. Uh, That's jokes. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so here's a good one. So this says... LMS, Scorpio, single, sober, and that's it. That's, That's a set. The rest are just jokes. But, you know, that's what my set list looks like. It's like four or five things. I know what the general theme of it all is. I know how to connect them all. But let's say I'm in the middle of one joke and it didn't go so great. Like, I'll play it by ear and I go, I'm going to jump the joke that was at the bottom to the top and I'm going to close with this one instead. And I'm doing it in the moment. Wow. <laughs> well, you got to be malleable. You got to be so flexible. It's a little bit like improv in that sense. Yeah. A little bit, but like, it's like, you know having your Harry Carey impression ready to go whenever you want it. So <laughs> that takes a lot of focus. I feel yeah. like I, to do that. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be, it's a lot of times I hear people go like, Oh man, how do you do it? It's like the hardest thing in the world. And like, for me, 
going in front of people isn't the hardest thing in the world. I was in debate. I was literally taught to speak out loud, try to convince people to do stuff. Like, I know I did the bit earlier with Refresh Revolution, but it's not a problem. <laughs> but, like, in, in, in debate, there's something called speed reading. So, like, saying Refresh Revolution, Refresh Revolution is not an issue. It's, I can do it easily. But, you know, it's dumb. So... <laughs> But, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, going in front of people isn't the hard part. That's, that's what people think is hard. They're like, mm. oh, how do you stand in front of people? Easily. You fucking go up there. Like, the hard part is making them laugh. But anybody can make somebody laugh. Like, doing anything. Like, if we just sat in here and I went, like, it'd be funny. Right? Like, we'd like, <laughs> he's like, he just farted. That's, what the hell? Like, or at least it'd be like an awkward chuckle, right? <laughs> like, just, Right? But then I just made you laugh once. And now the room stinks. Do you get what I'm saying? That's the problem with like comics who like try to do like shock material and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ah, you made us laugh once. Keep going. That's the point why you're up there. You have 10 minutes, dude. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have rhythm, if you don't have something, it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. The trick isn't making somebody laugh. It's make somebody keep laughing. Keeping the momentum going, I guess. Gotta keep that momentum going. Do you always try now this to This and more, tonight your... at 7. <laughs> <laughs> do you always try to finish your sets now by bringing it back to the mm-hmm. beginning? I always try to do some kind of circle. And what'll happen a lot is like I'll start a joke with an ending in mind and then realize I didn't do the opening bit. Because <laughs> I was like in a different flow, so then I have to improvise on the spot and like make something up. So... So, like, um, there's, there's a bit I close with that involves the phrase, and that's the night I became world's heavyweight champion. <laughs> and the opening bit is, like, as a kid, I always wanted to be world's heavyweight champion, right? Simple little forgetful bit. It's funny. Whatever. Right? Well, sometimes I'll forget to do the first part, and I'm getting towards the climax of saying <laughs> that bit, and I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, I realize, and then I have to, like, MacGyver something where I'm like, and then, you know, Captain Planet or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm on the spot. No. But you know what I'm saying? You should like, be used to this. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just a boy. Um, no, but then I'll, fig- I'll, like, I'll like literally go through like this Rolodex in my head where I'm just like, okay, what are they saying? What, are they, what did they say? Uh, oh, I said this. I'll close with that and I'll close with it. And then it might not get the biggest laugh I wanted, but like at least my set had rhythm. That's what matters to me. If it doesn't end in a big laugh, so be it. But it made sense. As long as it makes sense to me, good, because then I can work on that. But it's like learning how to cook. Let's say I make mashed potatoes, and you're making, like, a different type of mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And you make sweet potatoes. Right, but, like, odds are we're all going to have to chop up some potatoes. (laughs) Here's the thing. Most people chop it the same. If you know how to turn on the heat, Put a pan down if you know how to chop veggies, if you know how to prepare some meat. Like, if you know basic cooking skills, you should be, in theory, able to make anything as long as you're given the recipe, right? My thing is honing the basic skill of getting rhythm down. If I have rhythm, if my set makes sense to me and to the audience for the most part, I'm good. I can, I can build on that. I can cut potatoes up. I can prepare meat. Now, what can I make with all these other skills? Sky's the limit. But I have to have this base. And that's been the thing that I've learned the most here in Chicago. 
learn the because every comedian, major comedian, has a stint in Chicago where they're either they started here or they came here to learn, and that's a big thing. I mean, this is the hub for learning about comedy, right? And fun fact, it's also the hub for where Chicago uh, in Chicago. It's also the hub where like Close Up Magic started. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, like, that's what I'm learning. Like, how do I get my basics down so that once I decide to move to bigger, better things or stay here or go back home, who knows, I have that base ready to go so I can just boop, 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 boop. You didn't see this, but I, like, made, like, a mountain <laughs> thing. People are going to be like, boop, 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 boop. Like, yeah. What does it mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we're about out of time, Damn. so we need to go to our final segment. Hey, <laughs> do we miss anything you wanted to ask that maybe I can like condense into a quick answer for you? I don't think so. I think, I think we talked a lot. Yeah. Not many things that we were interested in hearing about. Oh. You know the typical <laughs> question. I do, I do. <laughs> I, I, I prepared. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Okay, they're probably gonna ask. They're probably gonna ask this. I gotta put over the guys. Like, that's like I'm predictable. You're not. No, it's okay. It's not that you're predictable. It's just like you have really good questions that work. These are things that I want to know about everybody. Yeah, too. of course. Like, it's you have you guys have a great show. Like, honestly, like I say this as not just as like a person who's getting past twenty dollars right now. You can't see it. <laughs> uh, they're passing it's me $20. Not. No, I'm saying this as like, a gen- like I, I have long commutes and I prefer audio over visual sometimes. So to have a show where you put brown people, people of color, like in the forefront is nice. And you guys do a good job at it. So thank you for having me. <laughs> so you're Tears gonna... <laughs> are streaming down our face. Okay. So I'm going to get the check in the mail, right? Like a second. <laughs> You don't get paid. No, no. <laughs> we sometimes have Swedish fish here, but we did not do that today. That's Jacob okay. forgot. Yeah, it's Jacob. Yeah, fault. Jacob. Typical fucking white, nerd. Cisgendered straight man. No. I'm sorry. Him, we love him, him, him a lot. With his privilege. <laughs> <laughs> looking all. Looking all. <laughs> looking all rich and shit. <laughs> a macbook but i only order water at starbucks like go fuck yourself you piece of shit uh, uh, wow you guys unlock the beast i'm gonna go nuts on white people here he would be sobbing yeah i'm gonna tell my therapist about my feelings fuck you you can afford one you sack of crap piece of didn't you say you had a therapist shut up (laughs) (laughs) i i work for a great company that they provide good insurance I'm very lucky. I, I recognize that I have privilege and that my job allows me to have a therapist. Let's make that very clear. You don't um, have to. No, no, no. That. No, legitimate, like, legitimate, like, real quick, a uh, quick PSA. Give mm-hmm. to uh, NAMI.org. Um, when, before I had insurance and all that, uh, they're a great resource for me to find, um, to find mental health resources. So, yeah. What is it again? Okay. NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. They're a nonprofit. They're really great. They do awesome. great work. I give a little bit of my check every every pay cycle to them. So That's great. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> More people should know. We're definitely putting that in the podcast. Yeah, get woke, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final segment. I'm talking to uh, homie right here, by the way. 
You're all wonderful people except for this motherfucker. <laughs> Who's not even in here? <laughs> Who's no, not even in here? I know he's talking to the next people oh, yeah. recording. Oh, sorry. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's um, They can fucking wait. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it's his fault if we're going to be honest here. <laughs> he messed up. We so love you, buddy. our prompt mm-hmm. is um, if you could satirize how... Okay. You if know you he could, knows the prompt, though. I know, but we're supposed to say it again for <laughs> listeners who've not necessarily listened to us before. Yeah. If you could satirize how you've felt um, either marginalized or somehow, I guess, different in life or in the comedy community, how would you do it? Cheers. Oh, okay. It was a bad, that was bad. Oh, cheers. Yeah. You deserve that's, it. That's, that's what um, it is. Okay. Um, so, as a fan of the show, I did not want to be the person who's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't think of this, right? Because <laughs> I fucking did. <laughs> well, um, this, all this season, it's been like people are like, well, here's my let notebook. Let me bring my notebook. <laughs> here's 20 ideas that I have. 20 ideas? So, people are super hey, prepared. Hey, nerd. How about this? One idea that you feel confident in. Oh, I'm discriminated against all the time. Yeah, me too, dude. All right, I feel you. It's a fact of life. I'm not saying get over it. I'm saying fight it. But what I'm saying is don't bring a notebook full of 20 ideas. We're on a limited schedule here. Um, okay, so my idea or prompt is this used to happen to me in Texas all the time, and it's happened to me a couple times in Chicago. And that is the white comedian who said offensive shit didn't get laughs and then gets upset when you do racial material. Uh, yeah. That's of your brown privilege. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, they say that shit too. It's the fucking worst. They're just like, yeah, man, you have like, you talk about all this privilege. You have this privilege. You could say race jokes. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Where the fuck do you get off? Like, what the hell? Like, oh you know, you're probably going to get booked before I am literally based on the fact that you're white. That kind of thing. And if you're a woman of color, forget it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you're a woman, forget it. Are you shitting me? Like, in general, like, it's, uh, it pisses me off because, like, these dudes, like, they all, like, they watch, you know, all the, they watch your Bill Burrs and all this shit. And, like, like don't get me wrong, the guy's funny, but, like, he has fucked up ideas sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and the, your Joe Rogan, same thing, right? Like, just fucked ideas. And they think they're, ed- like, really cool edgelords. Just because they do the same kind of material, not knowing that these guys did, like, the cheesiest fucking jokes to begin with. And they eventually evolved to that. Instead of, like, starting out with, like, what the fuck's the deal with women these days, am I right? Like, no, dude, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't you. But anyway, what I'm getting to is that <laughs> I used to get, I, I, every once in a while it happens here in Chicago, too. It's like, I get you, like, so, uh, so, like, why, why, why are we talking about being Mexican? It's like, what do you mean? Well, why is it, why is it material, like... Aren't you worried you're going to be like Gabriel Iglesias or something? I'm like, why? Because I'm big and Mexican? He's like, cool, not. that's not what I'm saying. It's like, that kind of thing. So that's, that's a daily occurrence. Not a daily occurrence. <laughs> every single Every day. fucking show. No, that kind of thing happens to me all the time. So I think huh. that would be something I would like to do. Also, this is my first improv scene ever. Whoa. Oh, we'll be gentle. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> we always um, like kind of plan it out and then... Um, Anyway, so, so it's if I remember the rules of improv are no fuck you, right? Like, is that <laughs> <laughs> only say that? Only say that. <laughs> um, so Come how boy. can we put this in a scene? Um, okay, uh, we can put it in the scene. 
Like, who are we going to play? Can we play the really racially insensitive other comics on the bill? Could Well, should we play it out exactly like that, or should we do something a little bit different? I also get the, like, ignorant questions of just, like, of, like, is your father illegal? Or, mm. like, that kind of, or, like, just really racially charged, like, microaggressions, too. So we can do that, too. I can be the really rude Asian woman. <laughs> I could be is like, a, so how much money do you make? Is that all? <laughs> so you're going to be my tiger mom? <laughs> is that your plan? <laughs> is that all? Uh, Go ma- back to school. Uh, ma- maybe. Um, oh, man. Uh, oh, Jesus. What if it was... It, I liked what you said about the, like... Like brown privilege, like you can make those jokes because you're privileged, right? In this way, what if we did something with that? I feel like I'm just gonna get angry. Like, I'm not even gonna <laughs> try to That's do what jokes. I worry. A lot of these like scenes are just like some of the things I'm saying. Like, obviously, I'm playing a character, but I'm like, I it's like, why are you in my face right now? Like, like, triggering like, to you because like it's happened to you. Mm-hmm. No, but um, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. Like, uh, in what situation? Like, should it be at an open mic? Or it could be. be, or or just be like, it could be a showcase. Waiting for the bus. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I've gotten yelling matches at a bus stop. <laughs> where I'm just like, "Yo, shut the fuck up!" <laughs> but um, so I was thinking, right after a showcase, I do better than the other comedian for whatever reason. Maybe. Um, yeah, or like, I don't know. I'll just go with whatever flow you guys. That's my idea. That's the only one I brought deal with it <laughs> that's what we have to do no but like if you guys have any other ideas i don't have a problem being mean okay <laughs> <laughs> let's no, do it tear I'm the down. patriarchy down dude dude fuck yeah <laughs> it's a problem like i sincerely i apologize for the entirety of the male sex like we're pieces of shit sometimes no like i was a piece of shit at one point like it was not proud of a lot of the things i've done so yeah we suck uh but anyway <laughs> go on <laughs> let's be racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> Racism no, powers activate. Damn it. That can't be a blooper. <laughs> that should not be a blooper. Yeah. Power up. I always now. say the stupidest <laughs> things and it ends up with the blooper. Power of the clan. Uh, <laughs> Me being white. Captain <laughs> that was my Captain Planet of the clan. As a white woman. <laughs> As a woman. <laughs> I am a woman. I'm a woman. Like, okay, so like a thing I like to That's do. That's definitely in... gonna be a line in this scene. So okay. <laughs> <got> pretty soon. <laughs> like as a woman, I'm like, okay, no, go on. I'm here to hear you. Absolutely. It's like, what's the deal with you being Mexican? What the fuck does that have to do with you being a woman? <laughs> but uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Let's, are we ready? Should sure. I run so in front we of can you? Just be Is like that... other. <laughs> Is that, I don't know how improv works. I just I'm going based off what I see. Like, do I run like... in front of you? <laughs> Do I do? Do I go? I have your back. I have your back, guys. I should be good. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're just uh, all comments. I can. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Lights up. Jorge, I don't know why you feel you can make all these jokes about your penis. It's just not fair. I mean, if you have it, flaunt it, right? What? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, it's my experience. I have a penis. Uh, I feel very privileged to have a it's penis. Stop fair. talking about your not penis. Uh, like we 
we can go up and try and talk about our vaginas. That's fine. And our lady parts, and no one, no one laughs. It's his penis privilege. Oh boy. Um. Oh man. Uh. Okay. So here's the thing. Your jokes have to be funny, whether they're about vaginas or penises. It doesn't really matter which, which. Bit. I can't believe you're even saying that to us right now. A vagina is just as funny as a penis. Yes. Yes, I agree. It is. But your jokes weren't. Wow. 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 You, you I so feel like you're you being... You feel women aren't as funny as men. Is that what you're saying? It's not what I said. No, no, no. I think women are way funnier than men. But like... Dudes suck, so that's why you guys aren't given enough of a platform. Wow. wow. Look, you guys had wow. a bad set. My set wasn't all that great either. And that's for sure. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. okay, all right. You know, we don't have to dig into that, but uh, like, I'm just maybe not go up on stage and say, you two Sunday bloody Sunday was a personal attack against my vagina. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the joke to go. It's funny and relevant. In 1992, maybe it was a callback. You it was your that. opening joke. A lot of things that you said in your set, it's just like you just get to say that, and it's not even fair. It's like not even fair. What like about my parents? Yeah. It's not fair. Um, And pro wrestling. Okay. Yeah, how dare Uh, you? I mean, I like pro wrestling. And magic. (laughs) I mean, okay, granted, taking the rabbit out of the hat during my set was maybe not the best move. That was bragging. Okay, that's like magician's privilege, okay? That's a magician's privilege. Uh, Okay. So, like, acknowledge that? First. Uh, you know what? You're totally right. It is magician's privilege. I'm really sorry about that. I will not apologize, though, for me talking about my parents. Look, there were luchadors in Mexico. Why wouldn't I talk about it? As a brown person, I feel like I should be able to speak about my experiences. I just happen to be, mine happen to be out of the movie Nacho Libre. I don't know what you want from me. That's like, I don't want to say it. Should I say it? I don't want to say, say it. it. Say it. I don't want to say it. So I feel like he's going to get mad. What? what? I should it. probably say it. Say though. it. That's, Let me guess. You're going to say it. That's that's brown privilege. What? Brown yeah. male privilege. Uh, okay. That's not fair. It's. I don't even. Brown male magician privilege. That's a lot of privilege. Why are you adding adjectives? Um, Okay. Brown male magician wrestling privilege. Oh, boy. Okay. In hindsight, going on stage in wrestling tights, pulling a rabbit out of a hat was not the best move. Yeah, it wasn't fair. You got a lot of laughs. Well, not uh, fair. (laughs) Well, I think it's... Uh, is this how Jimmy Fallon feels? Um, <laughs> um, it's just, you know, uh, I'm going based on my experiences, and I recognize that I have male privilege. Yes. And for that, I apologize. And magician privilege? Uh, name one other magician other than me. 
That one dude. Exactly. Oh. You can't. Copperfield. Copperfield. That's a white guy. With a penis. And no. he's a magician. There's no winning. He's got penis and magician privilege. Uh, <laughs> okay. And see. All right. <laughs> oh, that was a ma- uh, I, I hope that was good. Something. It was. <laughs> Um, we all laughed. That's the best. I'm gonna when I share this, I'm gonna tell all my friends to hey skip that last part. You don't. That was my <laughs> that was my first time improving everybody. And it was good. You did well. Needless to say, I should stick to stand up. I think <laughs> you do well in all comedies uh, uh, around. Uh, oh gee, thanks. Um, that's <laughs> that's real nice of you. Um, Trying to get into this is my voice acting demo too. Uh, oh great! Oh gee, um, I am absolutely <laughs> no. It's it's a problem. I just I immediately jump into voices for no fucking reason. That's fine. I mean, it's like oh gee, Rick. I don't know. <laughs> just, you make a lot of money oh, with voiceover work. Oh I yeah, could. that's the that's the money. Okay, right. mm-hmm. um, plug your <laughs> social medias and shows, and um, we'll follow you. Whatever. Oh gee, thanks. Uh, follow me on, what if I was like a YouTuber, like, hey guys, what's up? Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and ugh, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, please do follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My publicist runs all those. Um, same he's, one who wrote your bio. Yep. Same guy. His name's not Angel. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's at Guerrilla Jokes or Guerrilla Jokes. That is G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A jokes j-o-k-e-s um i you know i should really post more honestly but you know i'll try to get back into it just posting more often um i put all all the things i'm interested in whether it'll be some form of social justice whether it's you know pro wrestling whether it's magic that's where you'll find uh my first official magic clip where i'm at starcast 2018 doing magic tricks for pro wrestlers, which is like one of the things I'm proudest of, I think. I think it's pretty cool. But also come come see that's where I also post like shows and stuff. Um yeah. Um I'm gonna be at your show. Which is called So yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> get schooled, right? Yeah. Yeah, get schooled. October twenty sixth, eight thirty. What she said. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm also going to be... When is this coming out? Ooh. November 9th. November 9th? Oh. <laughs> really? I'm going to be in Houston November 9th for a wedding. Oh. My birthday's on the 11th. So. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. The future. Um, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> oh, fucking. Oh. Mine's on the 18th. Uh, oh, really? November so, babies? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Scorpios. Scorpios. My my favorite joke on my set is like I'm a Scorpio, uh, which means nothing, doesn't mean anything. It's fucking dumb. Also, I've been told that that is the most Scorpio shit I can say. So you know he can't win them all. I liked that joke. I <laughs> yeah. appreciated it. Thank you, thank you. No one does though, but I do it for me. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I can't really plug my other stuff because it happens before the ninth. Great. But you know what? Just follow keep fo- up to date with you. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gorilla Jokes. Um, I'm also on Facebook if you want to do that, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan yeah. of the show. You guys are great. You guys were super nice. Um, uh, fuck your tech though. Fuck that yeah, guy. Screw that guy. What a sack of. I hear he's a little piece of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fucking. Who said that? I don't know. Really mean. Yeah, it really was. God, this is a little cock boy. I just. Full circle. Full circle. All right. Yeah. Activate the thrusters. Um. So that was stupid too. Um. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, people. Um. Yeah. Cheers. This has been a Neighbory Inc. podcast. Go to neighboryinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblive and Dominic Guanzen. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leela. Tune in next week for an interview with members of Club Asia. Bye! Bye! You said you look sad when you're happy because you're depressed? Wouldn't that be the other way around? You look happy when you're sad because you're depressed? ¿Por qué no los dos? Hey! hey! He gets it! He gets the <laughs> reference! My man! You have redeemed yourself, sir. It's over.